This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, August 20th, 2023. Road Trip, Ruth. Good morning, Connection Church. Good morning. Isn't this just another glorious day God's given us? Of course, every day we, we, we're able to wake up, it's a glorious day, isn't it? Yeah. So good to be with you here at home, wherever you might be. Thank you, thank you for being here. So Road Trip is our current series, and so far we've traveled with Jacob, and last week we traveled with Joseph today. We're on the road with a woman named Ruth. She's uh, one of only two women to have a Bible, a book in the Bible named after her, Ruth. Well, good morning, Connection Church. It's great to see everybody. Thanks for being here. My name's Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who've been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It has been a great weekend. Yesterday, we had the Peach Festival uh, in town, and Connection had a booth, and we made, hopefully, a lot of um, hellos and smiles to people and talked to a lot of people, and um, it was great. Ooh, it wasn't 100 degrees, so yeah. that was really good. Um, and we just pray that there's fruit from that. I just want to say a, th- a shout out, thank you to those who helped the vendors p- find their part. We, we get out there at like five, uh, six o'clock in the morning and uh, we have people at each spot where the vendors check in and they check them in. And uh, I just want to say thanks, you guys. That was over and above. Yes, yeah. yes, thank you. And I really had a faux pas last week that I need to confess. It was Penny Royce's birthday last Sunday, and I looked right at her, and I didn't real, I just didn't, can we just say happy birthday, Penny? Happy birthday, Penny. You know, she comes, and she loves on all of us, and can, we just want to. Can we just collectively give her a, 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 a birthday a hug, hug? A hug, okay. There yeah. you go. There you go. All right, let's pray. Almighty God, thank you so much for today. Thank you that we get to be here, that we have the technology to be together online. Settle us in. Help us have this laser focus on you, Lord. Remove any distractions so that we can sense and feel your presence as we explore this scripture in Ruth and how we can apply it to our lives. We pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit, everybody agreed and said, Amen. Amen. I'm starving. You ever said that? <laughs> or, 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 or maybe you've heard, maybe one of your kids has said, I'm starving, Mom. We don't have anything to eat, Mom. I'm starving. Of course, the cabinet's all full. We don't have anything that I like. That's what it is. Yeah. Many of us have said it, heard it. But I'm not sure any of us even has an inkling of what that truly means. Uh, yes, there have been times when, when all of us have probably been hungry. Uh, yes, there have been times when we maybe had to scrape the dollar two together to get bread or milk. There's still, you know, food insecurity and it seems to be growing some in our country. But we pray that in our corner here in this area, we pray that no one's truly starving. There's food, you know, our daily bread. Uh, Amazing Grace Food Bank, our own CCC, Amazing Food Ministry here. We pray that these and other organizations can help people in this area keep from starving. Sadly, though, in our world, that is is not the case. 
I was doing some research this week, and the Republic of Yemen in, the, in Western Asia is number one in famine and starvation in our world. And other ones that are in the top 10, the Republic of the Congo and Haiti and Liberia and Sierra Leone. So what we're going to talk about today with what happened like thousands of years ago with Ruth in some countries still happens today and even right now. Mm. That is our backdrop today, this idea of famine. Last week, we saw how Joseph stockpiled uh, uh, food knowing that a seven-year famine was coming thanks to dreams he got from God. Uh, you know, the problem with the food supply is um, when, if you don't have irrigation, if you don't have uh, the man-made things, you're totally dependent on things beyond human control. Uh, and there are several places in the Old Testament where we read that famine was in the land. And our story today starts out on just such a note. And so today we're going to do this tour de force of the book of Ruth. Here we go, Ruth chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. The man's name was Elimelech, and his wife's name was Naomi. And the names of his two sons were Malan and Kilion. They were Ephrodites from Bethlehem, Judah, and they went to Moab and lived there. Yeah. So it's in the days the judges ruled. So this is after Moses crossed the Red Sea, and then after they went into the Promised Land, and before we had kings, so it's at the time of the judges. And, and the famines were so bad that families were forced to completely uproot and move to an entirely new area. This Hebrew family, where the father is Elimelech and the mother is Naomi and the sons Malon and Kilion, they left Judah altogether. They left their country. Can you imagine that? Picking up from your country and leaving, going to an entirely new country, because of famine, they moved to a country called Moab. Say Moab. Moab. See, that's several places in Scripture. And they weren't just picking up supplies like Jacob's family did last week, pick them up and go back home. Uh, they, this family moved all together, at least until the famine was over. And at the time they were moving, who in the world knew when that was going to be? And as if the famine wasn't bad enough, Elimelech died, leaving Naomi with her two boys. This was not a good situation at all. The boys grew up. They married local girls, Orpah and Ruth. Ten years later, both of those boys died, leaving Naomi alone with her two daughter-in-laws, daughters-in-law, and in that place and time, this was not a good situation at all. So we pick it up, Ruth 1, verses 6 and 7, the New International Version. Then Naomi heard in Moab, <coughs> excuse me, then Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord had blessed his people back in, Jacob, in Judah 
by giving them good crops again. Apparently the famine's over. So Naomi and her daughters-in-law got ready to leave Moab to return to her homeland. With her two daughters-in-law, she set out from the place where she had been living, and they took the road that would lead them back to Judah. And so the road trip continues. Heading home. At least Naomi was, but not so for Orpah and Ruth, because remember, they were foreigners. They were headed for a, they were headed to a foreign land unknown. This was not their homeland. And on the way, Naomi asked, why should they go with her? She wasn't in the position to give birth to any more sons. This is kind of a weird way it worked back then. Even if she could, these two other women couldn't wait long enough for them to grow up and then have more babies. Anyway, Naomi said it was like her problem, not theirs. And she told him to go home. Go back to your homeland, she told Orpah and Ruth. While these two girls wept and Orpah kissed Naomi goodbye and went back to her homeland, but not Ruth. Ruth clung to her mother-in-law while Naomi told her to do what Orpah did and return to her people and to her gods. These are little g gods. She so, wasn't of the same um, as what Naomi was. So we pick it up at verse 16 and 17. But Ruth replied, don't ask me to leave you and turn back. And you maybe have heard this before. It's a well-known piece of scripture. Wherever you go, say it with me. I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. See, she, she had different gods in Moab. Your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. If you want to be buried back home, where you die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord punish me severely. File out anything but death to separate us. When Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her, she said nothing more. Wow. Talk about loyalty. Who Ruth basically pledges her life to her mother-in-law. Kyle. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Do a road trip real come on. Yeah, where, is, where are you going? Leaving. <laughs> He's getting out while he can. His birthday's <laughs> next Sunday. You better be careful. <laughs> Ruth says, where you go, I will go. Where you live, I will live. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. Where I will die, where you will die. I'll be buried there. What she is saying is that nothing will separate me from you. Nothing. And so when they arrived home in Bethlehem, there's a familiar town, isn't it? We've heard of that before. Bethlehem. The entire town was excited for their arrival. Is that Naomi, they asked? Is that Naomi? And she told them not to call her Naomi. Because Naomi means pleasant and gentle, but instead they should call her Mara. 
We saw that in the Old Testament when they were at some water. That didn't, it means bitter. <laughs> Call me Mara. <laughs> bitter, for the Lord has made my life bitter. Oh, boy. Whew. She blamed the Lord for her circumstances, saying she went away full, but the Lord brought her home empty. See, at this point, she doesn't realize what a blessing Ruth is, but she will. She will. So back then, one of the provisions that the farmers um, had was that they wouldn't harvest all the way to the very edges of their field, that they would leave this, this place where there were stalks and there were grains around their field so that those who were hungry, those in need, could come and glean the fields and get what they need. It's, it's more of a hand up rather than a hand out. Well, one day, Ruth was doing just this. She was working in the field, the field that belonged to a guy named Boaz. Boaz was a relative of her deceased father-in-law, Elimelech. And so she was gleaning or collecting grain from around the field. And while she was doing this, Boaz inquired, like, well, who are you? And she told him she was a Moabite who had returned with Naomi. Boaz told her to stay, collect the grain she needed. And if she was thirsty, go ahead and get some water. She said, stay right where these young women are working in the field, following them. Help yourself to what's here. And so Ruth thanked him warmly, asking what she had done to deserve such kindness from afar. She, she, they don't know her here. They have no idea who she is. She's just come back with Naomi. So she wonders why he's being so kind to her. And he replies that he knew everything Ruth had done for Naomi since the death of her husband and how she had left her father and mother and her own land to live among strangers. And then he said this in Ruth 2.12, May the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge, reward you fully for what you have done. Not only did the Lord reward her, um, but Boaz did as well, as he saw that she had plenty of grain to take home for Naomi and herself. Though Boaz was older, probably a bit older than Ruth. Like the next generation. Yeah. There, there seemed to be an attraction between the two of them. Now, unlike the attraction that Isaac had for Rebecca or Jacob had for Ruth that was based on their beauty, the attraction that Boaz had was based on Ruth's loyalty, her, her goodness, her heart, her dedication to Naomi. There was a spark between them. And um, then at another time, Ruth got all dressed up in some nice clothes, trying to get his attention a little bit more. And she went to the threshing floor where Boaz was. Winnowing barley. And so here we pick it up at uh, 3, 10 through 13. 
The Lord bless you, my daughter, Boaz exclaimed. You are showing even more family loyalty now than you did before, for you have not gone after a younger man, whether rich or poor. Now don't worry about a thing, my daughter. I will do what is necessary for everyone in town knows you are a virtuous woman. But while it's true that I am one of your family redeemers, there is another man who is more closely related to you than I am. Stay here tonight, and in the morning I will talk to him. If he is willing to redeem you very well, let him marry you. But if he is not willing, then as surely as the Lord lives, I will redeem you myself. Now lie down here until morning. So this whole thing about family redeemer, I will redeem you, certainly is not something that we have in our world today, but that is the way it was back then. Family redeemer, let's talk about this a little bit. In order to keep property in the family, a close relative would purchase or redeem the property of the deceased family member. All right, so, so far, so good, right? All right, so in doing so, though, they would also take on the widow. Now, that's where it gets a little different for us. In this case, Boaz was talking about Naomi's husband's and two sons' property, one of whom is Ruth's deceased husband. The man would have the first right, the one that's most um, closely re related, would have the first right to the property, but in doing so, Ruth went along with the deal. <laughs> she had to go along with the deal. It was a combo plan. <laughs> Different world we live in today, but it was an attempt to keep property in the family, and so that's a family redeemer. It would perpetuate that family name. Yeah. And so the next day, Boaz went down to the town gate. He took a seat. And when the family redeemer, that other relative who was, who was more closely related, when he came by, Joe, Boaz called out to him. And, and then he called out to 10 men from the town to be witnesses to what was going to uh, transact. He told them that Naomi was selling the land that belonged to her husband and that this man had first right to redeem it. If he wanted it, buy it here in the presence of these witnesses. But if not, let Boaz know right away, because he was next in line to redeem it. And the man wanted it. He wanted the land. And then Boaz told him that in purchasing the land, he got the bonus of marrying Ruth, the Moabite widow, so she could have children and carry on her husband's name and keep the land in the family. At that point, the man refused. We're not told exactly why, but he refused as it might endanger his own estate, Scripture says. He told Boaz that Boaz could redeem it because he couldn't. And so in front of a bunch of witnesses that day, Boaz purchased the property from Naomi, the property of her husband and sons, one of whom which had been Ruth's husband. Ruth chapter 4, verses 10 and 11. And with the land, I have... This is hard for me to say. <laughs> well, see, that day, I mean, women were considered property. That's right. the sad truth. Not good. That's the sad truth. Acquired um, Ruth. That, that, she didn't like it. She's, she didn't even like it. Look at that. She's upset. That's it. That's right. 
the Moabite widow of Malan, to be my wife. This way she can have a son, this was a good thing, to carry on the family name of her dead husband and to inherit the family property here in his hometown. You are all witnesses today. Then the elders and all the people standing in the gate replied, We are witnesses. May the Lord make this woman who is coming into your home like Rachel and Leah. Hello, we've been talking about them from whom all the nation of Israel descended. May you prosper in Ephrathah and be famous in Bethlehem. Ephrathah and Bethlehem are two names for the same place. So he's just, he's just uh, saying in, the, in that same place. So Ruth became the wife of Boaz, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. And the women of the town celebrated, praising God, saying that he had provided a redeemer for Naomi's family. They celebrated that she had a daughter-in-law who was better than seven sons. 16 and 17, we pick this up. Naomi took the baby and cuddled him to her breast, and she cared for him as if he were her own. She's a happy grandma, isn't she? Yeah. And the neighbor women said, now at last, Naomi has a son again. And they named him Obed. And, and Obed became the father of Jesse and the grandfather of David. You get the, the importance of that? Because in the line of David, many generations later, who do we have? Jesus the Christ. In this same town, Bethlehem. Wow. That is absolutely cool, isn't it? That's just the coolest. So what is it about reading that that just made your voice catch? I don't know. You tell me. I don't know. It just comes up. It's the prophetic yeah. Davidic line of Christ right there. God had it planned all along. This is such a great story about Ruth. And it was and she's a foreigner. That's the I mean, she's not in that, you know, in that line. She's from out here. Bring her in. Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> Ruth, she was, as Alan said, a foreigner. She was a Moabite, but she was so loyal to her mother-in-law, Naomi. She lived up to her name. Ruth lived up to her name, which means compassionate friend. But more than that, this is not just some feel-good story. It's a story that we see in Ruth, and we are given this glimpse of the divine story of Jesus, of Christ. In the story of Ruth, she pledges herself to Naomi. Where you go, I will go. Where you live, I will live. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. When we married, we pledged to death do us part. And so this is, you know, these, this family is saying this, and we say that in our marriage vows. The words mark this irrevocable uh, break from her past, like 
Ruth is like making a break from her past and saying, I am with you. She's pledged herself to Naomi. Naomi is Ruth's priority now. Kind of reminds me of what we find in the 14th chapter of Luke in the New Testament, where Jesus shares this. He says, if you want to be my disciple, you must, by comparison, hate everyone else, your father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. And if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. So just as Ruth made Naomi her priority, not even parted by death, so Jesus calls us to make him our priority. And that means putting Christ above everyone, including spouses, including parents, including children. That, that's, a, that's a hard one. Grandchildren. That's a real hard one. <laughs> but that's what we're called to do because when Christ is above everything else, quite honestly, everything falls into place. That's how it's meant to be. And so to be Jesus's disciples, which I pray that we are or we're on the road to that, a road trip is moving to be a full disciple of Jesus Christ, that Jesus does become number one in our lives, and then everything else and everyone else falls into place. Mm. I really love being, he doesn't say, Carrie, you're my number one. He says, you're my number two. That's what I want. Because if I was his number one, he wouldn't be connected to Christ the way he needs to be. And when Jesus is number one, I'm going to be just fine. Amen. And the flip side. And on the flip side, Jesus has pledged to be uh, to, uh, to us to be with us no matter what. You know, where we go, <laughs> uh, uh, where we live, uh, where we go, he go, where we live, he lives. He will be with us when we die and even beyond. And you know, the truth is, Ruth's loyalty was, was something, something incredible in this story. But her loyalty uh, pales. It pales in comparison to the loyalty Jesus Christ has for us. In this story of Ruth... Boaz was the family redeemer. He came to rescue Naomi and rescue Ruth, redeeming the land through purchase and in doing so redeeming Ruth in marriage, through marriage. And through this redemption, it saved them. It saved Naomi from such a desperate future. He saved Ruth, a foreigner, and she had a son, and the family line kept going. And so this is a, a great story of redemption. I, I love this Ruth story. Of course, it helps my mother's name was Ruth. So, <laughs> But you know, you and I have even a better story with our family redeemer, because our family redeemer is Jesus Christ. 
He's the redeemer, not just a uh, not, uh, of not just a close family, remember. He, he's a family, uh, uh, the family redeemer of the family of humankind. All humankind. And all of us can look to Jesus as our redeemer. He purchased our redemption, not with a few bucks, but with his very life. His very life. He, he, he hung on the cross, shed his blood to pay the price of redemption for you and for me. And you know, Naomi was looking ahead to not so bright a future. And we're in that same boat. We, we were looking ahead at a very bleak future. M- much more desperate even than Naomi. Because we were broken. We are broken. We are broken spirit. <laughs> uh, we're alone. We're separated. We're lost. And then Jesus redeems us. Isn't that a glorious thing? Jesus redeems us. Paid the price we couldn't pay. We can't pay. Just as Boaz paid the price uh, Naomi and Ruth couldn't pay. Jesus paid that price for us, and we're redeemed. We're redeemed. Can you say, I am redeemed? I am redeemed. redeemed. Can you say, Jesus redeemed me? And here's the really important. Can we say thank you, Jesus? Thank you, Jesus. One last time. Jesus redeemed me. We are redeemed. Amen. 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 I just love the story of Ruth, but really what, what it means as we think about our redemption in Christ. In a few moments, we're going to sing the song, Holy Forever. And Christ is holy forever, here on earth and in heaven, and created a way for us to be forgiven and free, for us to have hope. There's always hope when Jesus is in the picture. This is the good news of Jesus Christ. Let's live it. Let's believe it. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, thank you so much for your your story of Ruth. What a great example of devotion. Help us examine our relationships and what that devotion could look like with people who are closest to us. God, you are devoted to us beyond words, so devoted that you gave your very life so that we could have forever life. And for that, we say thank you. Thank you for redeeming us, trading your life for ours. And we just want to give you all the honor and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for listening to the message from Connection Community Church. For more information and to find out more about our ministries, you can visit us on our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Thanks again for listening. 
Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the new life he offers.